0: Yo, yo, how are we doing, guys? It is Matt Whitmore and Keris Marsden of Fitter Food Radio, episode number five. Good morning. It is a good morning. (laughs) Massive thank you to everyone that's got the questions in, as per usual, because that's what's keeping this podcast alive. So, yeah, thank you for posting in the group or emailing us and... uh, We've got a few crackers lined up for you today. Well, we certainly hope so anyway. Crackers, there we go. Christmas. Christmas crackers. 1st of December. But also, I've got an apology for you because we were ideally trying to get these bad boys out once a week, but things have been a little bit crazy, haven't they? (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: we haven't been slacking. Yeah, we we certainly haven't been slacking. We can assure you of that. But um, as you all know, we've been grafting away on the Christmas ebook, cooking up a storm, getting all the recipes together, but we are very, very pleased to say it is pretty much done, it's being proofread the recipes are being tried and tested to make sure uh, they are as awesome as we think they are we should hopefully have that out next week, it's the 1st of December right now as we record this so hopefully by the end of the week it'll be out there.
1: Hopefully, it's such a relief to get to the home straight. It is
0: books. it's been a lot of work hasn't it? It's, it's
1: funny because we always start out so enthusiastic don't we and excited and like I'll lay out the first couple of recipes put the pictures in and, and then by like, the 10th or about <laughs> the 10th recipe. I'm so over it. <laughs> Just so. Well,
0: luckily for Kerry, it's either most of the cooking.
1: Whatever. Actually, no, <laughs> we have to give a shout out to my mum. She's done easily the most complicated recipes. You has been a legend. Completely transformed all the traditional Christmas favourites into healthier alternatives. Christmas
0: pudding was... Oh my god!
1: <laughs> You've already had Christmas about ten times have, over. I've had five
0: Christmases already. <laughs> <You> <laughs> it's see, only just week, December.
1: Last week was mince pies, Christmas pudding, turkey, two types of stuffing. Oh
0: man, <laughs> it has been a feast. I tell that you, that does look
1: like Santa Claus oh, now. <laughs> I don't. A bit of a paunch. <laughs> but yeah, we've um, we've actually now. at Fifty nine recipes. How annoying! I know, and it's quite annoying. I am need sure one more, one more, more really easy in.
0: one to get in. I'm going to do that cranberry sauce recipe.
1: Oh god, I don't even. The kitchen's just been cleaned as well. It's so now I, spotless. I'll
0: put it off. I'm not sure we can do it. I'll go to my mum's and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst all of that, Keris has been studying and learning like a crazy lady. Yeah, I've
1: just, haven't you? Again. <laughs> well, I've just done more or less six consecutive days of lectures, and I have to say, I don't even know how I went to school. For so many years because it absolutely wiped me out. Just six days of learning, and literally the next day I had to go to bed like, at lunchtime because I was just shattered.
0: So school was just one big playtime for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would make sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does explain a lot, doesn't it?
1: That was just one thing that struck me like how exhausting it is. Like, you come home and you feel a bit guilty because you've just been sat around all day. It's not like you've been doing anything.
0: Yeah, but to be fair, like the information you're taking in, it's not.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, it's a, it's a dance type more advanced than what you were learning at school. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, actually, no, because the really fascinating thing was I actually sat in on a, a cardiovascular lecture with a, an ex-cardiovascular surgeon, which was amazing because he's all about conventional medicine. That was all about looking at the chemical reactions around heart disease, and it actually took me right back to my GCSE chemistry. No when I was absolutely petrified of my chemistry teacher because she was so frightening. So I paid attention in chemistry because <laughs> I was so scared. And it's really paying off now because you, know, you hear like that fat was out- oxidised in the body. It's actually all about the loss of an electron, which you've gone all blank now. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember that in chemistry, <laughs> yeah. <But> yeah, remembering <laughs> chemical reactions and what takes place and losing and gaining electrons. It's all, you know, that's what nutrition is basic. It is chemistry, so I was sat there thinking, bless her. I'm so relieved that she had that evil, the evil death stare because uh, I now can follow a lot of the things in that she's going right back to organic chemistry. Gives anyway, to that death stare. Yeah, I had a day on stress and fatigue, and that was really interesting because there was quite a big emphasis on what we perceive as stressful. We actually gain from our or we gain that understanding from our parents, from our upbringing, quite a lot. And, that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I reflected a little bit and thought. Well, if I look at my mum, I think my mum's biggest stress is worrying about everybody else. Yeah. Like she, It's not herself, she's not worried about herself, but just, you know, constantly thinking of others. And it really sort of, it's exhausting, and, and you can see her always stressing about me, my brothers, my dad, her family, you know, her parents. Actually, I'm the same, and you I've totally the same. 100%. taken that, <laughs> taking that on totally board. I totally see the link. I just worry about everybody else, and... Them being happy and healthy, and you know, almost trying to take control of situations for them, yeah. and getting frustrated when I can see them not doing what I think is best for them. And um,
0: it's like you take on a bit of a burden.
1: Yeah. And but the interesting thing was, and then I thought about you and thought, because you're so much more laid back than me. And actually looking at your mom, and she's incredibly laid back as well. Yeah. But your mom gets stressed about tiny little things that I think are totally. Irrelevant. Irrelevant or unimportant. Like when we, we actually lived with your mum, didn't we, for a couple of years, we moved yeah. in to save money. And bless her, she put up with so much rubbish. Like we had big shelves full of supplements, we'd get deliveries of bells and Epsom salts baths. Like we caused chaos in our yeah, house. Yeah, absolutely. And she was just so laid back about the whole thing. Yet, if I didn't organise the fridge properly <laughs> and unpack the shopping in a way that was not to her liking, do not. she would go absolute bananas. And like, <laughs> it's the only time she ever lost it with me, and I kept thinking it's just a fridge. It doesn't really matter. Like what shelf fair, the you meat are is
0: terrible on. With the bloody... It does matter what shelf the meat is on. Oh,
1: whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, and she catch me like shoving stuff in. Every nook and um, but, yeah. looking cranny. And you're the same because you're really laid back about what I things that I find very very stressful. You know, like the, even like the business. Sometimes you'll be like, you know, this is fine, that's fine, that's cool. But if I overfill the bin, it's like the world has ended.
0: I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that would agree with me.
1: Honestly. And you go into the kitchen and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even actually say the words you use. <laughs> like, yeah. One, because I can't swear. And secondly, you don't even make sense. But it's just, honestly, like, <laughs> I can't. I, I, and I'm like, well, what's happened? What? What is it?
0: Yeah, the question like, is. Yeah. Why do you keep doing that?
1: Again, I like to just shove things in and force the bin shut and then walk away. <laughs>
0: so it squishes the rubbish down as as much as it could possibly go.
1: It's your job to empty the bin. We've we've come to that understanding you now will.
0: anyway. You've got no choice.
1: <laughs> but anyway, another, another thing that was really interesting was there was lots of discussion around the effect of stress on memory. And everyone knows when you are stressed in like constantly think, yeah, your brain is just constantly on the go, isn't yeah. it? And you to-do lists and what to do about this that and the other and you can't shut down and it's really destructive actually and there's strong links with stress and alzheimer's and and sort of dementia even so what was quite interesting as well was the mention of stress and spatial awareness so like uh, balance and i was just thinking when me and you worked as personal trainers we'd often chat about clients and one thing that i observed was if i had a client who had quite a high profile job quite a long hours at work stressed out a bit of a type a so always on the go One thing was all of them were terrible at balance. So if I ever did anything like um, an exercise, like a single leg deadlift or jumps or anything, they actually almost had a fear of it. And it's like they couldn't, didn't almost have the headspace for it. It was too much to think about. It was really interesting. And I mentioned it to you and you, you sort of said, yeah, you'd seen the same. And you could link even like the jobs of the people to how poor they were at balance and another thing I said to you is do you notice how often again the sort of the type A's high stress highly stressed people you would give them a set of exercises to do and they get a rest which is you know like a minute and then you say right round two and they they would say what we're doing again you can't remember what they did a minute ago it's it's really fascinating and it is because I think there's so much going on up there and it's really destructive and actually you know it can cause physical damage to the brain which the
0: thing is that with stress i mean obviously there's so many different aspects of stress and its impact on the body and you know different types of stress that we could probably just talk about it for an entire podcast, <laughs> can't we?
1: Do you know we absolutely should do. I mean, we have some questions and I think we should probably devote an entire one to stress and stress yeah. reduction and we'll get some specialists in who could talk about what could you do to help reduce stress.
0: We deal with people, obviously, on a, on a, on a daily basis of different different backgrounds, different jobs, who have different goals, etc. But the biggest factor that affects so many people from actually achieving their their goals is does it does often come down to stress, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, they can actually get a lot of the other aspects right, you know, i.e. their nutrition, training. Yet, if they're still, like, pretty pretty stressed, it can have a huge, huge impact on their results. And then it kind of just adds to their frustration. They're already stressed. Then they get annoyed because they are trying really hard to change their nutrition and and, and exercise and not getting results. Little do they know it's because of what's in between their ears that's probably holding them back somewhat.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, one thing we probably explain is is the the physical response that stress has in the body. So what what's going on with hormones, what's going on with, you know, even inflammation and things like that, because that's really interesting. And I think if people understood that, they'd make so much more effort to do... To try and chill. Yeah, yeah, to do active um, stress reduction, you know, meditation and all sorts of things like that. We'll definitely get some people on to chat about that who've got probably more of a clue than us, because we're not brilliant when it comes to stress reduction, but we do try, don't we? We do try. We, we
0: understand, understand
1: how important it is at least, whether yeah. or not we actually <laughs> do it is another thing. Um, but yeah and then the last thing I was just gonna say was I did great lectures on um, digestive health and the lecturer was the lovely Emma Hill. and um, she's a naturopath and we are actually gonna get her on the show in yeah, next awesome. couple of weeks and I'm really excited about that. She um, knows her shizzle. She really does. Lots of Talking about the importance of supporting healthy digestion, especially stomach acid. I'm a big fan of stomach acid support. You can actually do a test now, Matt. Um, I don't know if you've heard this, where you swallow a little pill with on a piece of string and then basically <laughs> leave it for a while. And then you pull the piece of string uh, and the pill comes out the body and it looks at the pH of your gut. And obviously, people do
0: border control all the time. Though. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> <So> <laughs> and, I've heard.
1: And uh, basically, the you want to know if the pH of, of the gut is, is nice and acidic, so that it can. I was just break thinking, that would be
0: a really funny excuse, wouldn't it? <laughs> because I was like sorry, sir. What's this uh, substance we found on a bit of string down here? <laughs> um, oh, sir, uh, I'm just testing my test pH. My, my, my digestive system.
1: <laughs> Honest. Um, yeah. So that was uh, uh, traditionally yeah, people use things like bicarbonate of soda to test their stomach acid. Again, we'll get Emma to talk about all of that. Really fascinating um, and really really important. And one last thing, actually, that was um, mentioned in one of the lectures that was interesting, and I'm definitely going to investigate this a little bit, um, do my own little panorama, maybe, is um, organic. And obviously, we talk about, in the book, we mentioned the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. And um, organic is really important for some foods because some are more highly sprayed with pesticides and fertilizers, things like that. There was a mention about supermarket organic can still use certain fertilizers. Really? On the, especially, it was blueberries that was mentioned, actually. Again, I've actually had a conversation with a really nice chap who runs the Ted's Veg Town at Borough Market, because they advertise that their... His
0: name's not actually Ted, though, is it?
1: No, (laughs) but it does have a good ring to it. They advertise that their products are not sprayed with anything, and they use completely natural pesticides, fertilizers, but they don't label that it's organic, and he really believes it's a bit of a swizz, because you have to pay for the organic standard, and he also said, there are still chemicals that can cross into organic standards. Really? Yeah, and he just said, so I, I just will not be part of it. So we need to probably get him on the show and ask him some so questions. So what's the
0: next then? You want to start your own farm? <laughs> it be
1: eh? Total control over everything from the moment it's planted. <laughs> a food, to a food it, farm? Yeah. That works. <laughs> the moment it passes my lips, I will know everything about it. But yeah. Um, we definitely need to go and investigate that a little bit more. I think it'd be really interesting. I think everyone would be quite keen to know.
0: I'll be up for that. Yeah. Especially now we've got all this time around, our so the e-book's nearly done.
1: <laughs> I'm sure we'll start something else before <laughs> January's out. No doubt. I have said, do not let me touch we, another book. We
0: do like to keep ourselves occupied, don't we?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that's it, really. So we should probably move on to questions now. That's a
0: good idea. <laughs> Let's move on to some questions. And number one, this is about cholesterol. This is from Raymond. He's actually an old fitter Londoner of ours. Um, I say old, not as in he's like 70, um, as in he used to be one of our fitter Londoners, used to attend our classes. And I could never pronounce his surname then, And I'm, but I'm going to attempt it right now. His name is Ramin Tabatabe, I think. That looks right. Looks right. I could be miles wrong. But anyway... Raymond Tabatabai's question is What is your take on cholesterol in general and the HDL and LDL ratio in particular? What do you suggest to raise the HDL levels to lower the gap between the two types?
1: Well, this again is like a podcast. The in cholesterol itself. question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, we actually mentioned this in the introduction section to our book, which I have to say please read the beginning bit of the book. There are so many people who say to me, I love your book, I love the recipes, yeah, I love it. I haven't read the beginning bit yet, but you know, and actually one thing we really tried hard to do is was, was actually present um, quite a coherent argument and list some of the studies which are backing up what we suggest you eat. Um, and there's like, I've listed resources and you know, I hope people can sort of go away and read some of those websites and books. And, Start to um, implement it. Yeah, because it, it makes more sense if you hear it from different sources yeah. and you get more convinced by it. But um, ultimately, in the very beginning of the book, we mentioned that so many scientific studies have now discredited what was known as the heart health hypothesis. And the heart health hypothesis was basically that saturated fat and cholesterol were the cause of heart disease. And if you remove them from your Um, Diet, then obviously you reduce the risk factors for cardiovascular issues. However, I listed three population studies in the beginning of the book, they're referenced, um, which have completely disproven this fact or this this hypothesis that fat caused heart disease and and blocked your arteries. And if you think about it, if you go back thousands and thousands of years, fat's always been quite a key part of our nutrition. And yet these issues have, have, have increased. When actually our intake of fat hasn't increased, so um, the actual end result has been they, they know that actually a low intake of cholesterol increases your risk of heart disease, which is something that most would be quite surprised to know, and especially the generations I think, um, like our parents' generation, yeah. who obviously now you know in that age group where they're very concerned about heart health, are all completely following you know sort of low-fat nutrition, and it's the food industry that has really pushed this. Yeah. Um, and also the companies that um, supply medications to help reduce yeah. cholesterol in the body. So, bearing in mind we've got this hypothesis, or originally had this hypothesis, which has now been discredited. So, what would happen is you go to your GP. They would say uh, they would test your cholesterol. And a really interesting thing to know is that um, high cholesterol used to be. Um, the, the marker was around, I think it was eight or nine. Uh, don't quote me on that. I can't remember the number exactly. So if you were eight or nine, you had high cholesterol. yeah That's now right down at five or six. Wow. Um, and one of the people that have made sure that that happens is pharmaceutical companies because they're going to provide statin medication to lower cholesterol um, on the basis that you were diagnosed with high cholesterol. So they really benefit from that lowering of the what yeah, is yeah, high, yeah. high okay. cholesterol, if that makes sense.
0: So what is, you know? I mean, you mentioned HDL and LDL, just to make sure that everyone's
1: on, on, the, the, same o- page. on the
0: same page. What, what, what is HDL? Um,
1: so HDL is um, high-density lipoprotein and LDL is low-density lipoprotein. And the original theory was that the low-density lipoprotein is carrying cholesterol to the site of inflammation. Um, so it's carrying it to the to the blood vessel wall and it's going to lay it down there. And that's what would cause a blockage of the artery and, and damage to the artery wall. And then the high density is to carry it back to the liver to, to get rid of it. So that's the good guy that's going to you know, take it away from the site of, of inflammation. However, and then total cholesterol is obviously, well, if that's high, then you've just got loads of cholesterol going around the blood vessels and that's really dangerous. That's yeah. sort of what all those readings are based on. So in actual fact... There's a number of things that have come about in the last few years and that's that um, these figures aren't really what people thought they originally were. And cholesterol itself isn't isn't the bad guy that people thought it was. So when you go to the doctors, the real shame of it is they give you this diagnosis and actually it means nothing, really. Um, Because Um, Cholesterol gets moved around the body for all sorts of reasons and actually the best way of explaining this is what the body's doing when it lays down cholesterol is trying to repair it's a very natural process it's like if you get a big crack in your living room wall you get a plasterer in who might just smooth it over a little bit Um, obviously if it cracks again then you might have to put more plaster down on it and eventually you're going to make a bit of a mess there that's pretty much what's happening and I suppose the pharmaceutical industry, <laughs> I tried to use this analogy with you once to explain yes, it, and it didn't make sense. It was terrible. The pharmaceutical industry's answer is, well, don't let the plaster come around. So they have <laughs> developed medication, statins, which will block the production of cholesterol. But we need cholesterol for so many things in the body, for the production of... Hormones, for example, mm-hmm. really important. So anyone on statin medication is going to really struggle Suffer. yeah, with with hormone health. But uh,
0: the good news is the pharmaceutical company will have a, another medication to come like up <laughs> yeah,
1: Exactly. You see? It's genius. They've got it sussed. They're bloody good. Um, so, yeah, um, just going back to what, so, so what can you do? So the first thing that's happening with the um, laying down of cholesterol is it's as if the same thing is if cracks start appearing in your living room wall, you probably want to investigate why those cracks are appearing, wouldn't you? You know, yeah. your house might be subsiding or whatever. That's what you need to get sorted out. Not the, the plaster. Yeah, you don't need to talk to the plaster until you know what, what's really going on with the situation. So, what we really want to do to reduce um, uh, the risk of, of heart disease and, and cardiovascular issues <clears> is <throat> is basically stop that damage happening to the blood vessel wall in the first place.
0: Yeah,
1: and stop what's known as you know inflammation. So that's what's causing the body to, to plaster over with cholesterol. So what do you think would cause inflammation of a, of a blood vessel wall in the body?
0: What? Well, processed foods? Sugar?
1: Sugar, absolutely. Um, actually, having high blood pressure is a really big risk factor because um, that really damages the blood vessel walls. And that can be caused by, you're absolutely right, so poor, poor nutrition, um, stress, and obviously oh. it can be slightly hereditary as well. So, um, first thing I would suggest ramen does is look at following what we would call an anti-inflammatory nutritional protocol, which is what fitter food is. So, loads and loads of fruit and vegetables, antioxidants. Um, Again, we mentioned anti-inflammatory in the very beginning of the book and explain the importance of this. Um, You know, really reduce, eliminate sugar um, and processed carbohydrates, refined carbohydrates um, yeah, omega- as
0: good quality food as possible, of course. Yeah,
1: completely. And and limiting omega-6, which is really important. Again, this is mentioned in the book. Um, so you want good levels of omega-3s, lots of oily fish. Um, and then not too much of the, the well, non, really, of things like seed oils, um, sunflower oil, safflower oil. They're really high in omega-6, which increases inflammation in the body. And then obviously looking at lifestyle factors. So you want exercise in there, healthy amounts of exercise, mm-hmm. minimal amounts of stress. In terms of what he could do, um, don't worry about the figures that a doctor is going to present to you, especially to- total cholesterol, which is uh, pretty much useless. What you could do it's is... It's quite
0: funny though, isn't it? Because sometimes we've got clients to question the doctor when they say your yeah. cholesterol is X. And we actually urge our clients to turn around and say, well, actually, what, what's the split? You know, what's, what's the, the level of HDL and what's the level of LDL? And a lot of times they actually get... Doctors often get quite arsey with people. Just say well, you don't need to know that. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, yeah. why are you asking me that? They get really defensive, don't they?
1: Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I actually went to the, the um, GP for a blood test, and mine, my cholesterol came back high.
0: We're not against doctors, by the way. We uh, love no, doctors. They're, saying, they're amazing. I'm just I saying.
1: saying my, 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 I have full sympathy with doctors because they have 10 minutes to get through i you know i sit in lectures and i can't even imagine knowing what they need to know it is so vast, you know that, that what they need to cover and know and understand um, Sometimes sort
0: when of you sit down with someone for an hour consultation you don't you don't feel like you've got to the the nitty gritty no
1: it can take months um you know and that's what nutritional therapists do getting to the very bottom of people's health issues it takes a long time doesn't it it's mm-hmm. not a 10 minute job um but when i went uh, my GP said to me, you have high cholesterol. Um, and she said, I want you to have um, more bran, more fiber in your diet. So some cereal for breakfast, lots more whole grains and increase your healthy fats. And I said, well, what do you mean by healthy fats? And she said, avocados and olive oil and have some almonds as a snack. And I said, I eat those every day. So what, <laughs> how are you suggesting I changed that, and then she said, "Oh, maybe eat less of those then."
0: <laughs> so <laughs> it's
1: like she was always making it up as she went along. It didn't mean I don't mean again to criticize that doctors are not nutritionists. So um when you are talking to them about nutrition, just be aware of that fact, and you are actually better going to speak to a you know a qualified nutritional therapist about these uh, changes to your nutrition. But what I would say is. Um, the tests that you could have done by a doctor, which would indicate whether there's inflammation there, which means that the body might start laying down cholesterol, is um, C-reactive protein is a marker of inflammation, and also your triglycerides, and that's um, again looking at things like the effect that sugar is actually going to be having on um, on your on your heart health. So they're the two things that I often say to people. They're quite useful to know, and if they're elevated, we know we need to take action. And also getting your vitamin D status um, tested as well is really important because Mm -hmm. that has a strong role in (coughs) calcium, um, metabolism in the body and the moderation of inflammation. Also blood sugar. So if they do fasting glucose um, at the doctors and that's over sort of five, we know that maybe you need to look at, um, again, sort of we get everybody on, you know... (laughs) Very sort of lowish carbohydrate, you know, diets. And uh, by I say lowish, I mean lower than the standard diet. Yeah. Um, and we get people. Yeah, we're g- not,
0: yeah we don't. We're not, we're not, <laughs> not low, avid, low, low carb, carb no, followers. But, yeah. but
1: we do remove things like the bread, the pasta, the refined carbohydrates and grains, and get their blood sugar levels down and healthy. So you want that um, nice healthy fasting glucose, and you can even test it throughout the day after meals, um, and see what where you're at with that. And then if you were you wanted to read up on this, I'd recommend uh, Jimmy Moore's um, Cholesterol Clarity book, mm-hmm. which is a massive in-depth review of your cholesterol figures and what to do about them. Yeah, really knowledgeable guy, so you can get that book. And then again, if you've got if you if it runs in the family and the the risks for you, there were several incidents of you know either things like you know if you already have high blood pressure and there's been you know heart attack strokes, that sort of thing running down the family. I would go and get private tests on, like, Genova Diagnostics offer CV Health. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And there's also one called Cardiogenomics that you can now have. And these look at... um, One thing to note, sorry, that I probably haven't explained, was when we're talking about cholesterol density, so high high HDL and LDL, they've now suggested that it's pretty irrelevant because um, it's actually the size and particle number of cholesterol that's going to... Give more of a, an indicator or a prediction of, of, of your risk of a cardiac incident, and by that, they've discovered that there are um, low density, so they, this bad cholesterol, the LDL. There's there's some that are the size of beach balls and some that are the size of tennis balls. And if you think of your blood vessel wall as like a greenhouse, if you threw a beach ball at a greenhouse, it would just bounce off and be fine. So some that, LDL.
0: That, that's an example.
1: Yeah. So some they're LDL
0: that
1: being <laughs> <laughs> Can you, it? you don't have beach balls in your bloodstream Matt. um but <laughs> some ldl will be fine and just buoying around off the blood vessel walls yeah and some the size of a tennis ball is going to hit that that blood vessel wall it and cause more, more damage yeah it's going to create a build-up of, of plaque there so actually and that's only done privately and i don't mean and when i say privately I, I don't mean like bupa and people like that as, as i'm aware that i don't think they're doing testing tests. very low density it's called vldl and things like that it's only people like genova diagnostics and private pe- private labs um nutritional therapy labs that are doing that right. so um if he you know had they will be expensive but you know worth it's weight in gold
0: in yeah okay well it depends on obviously what the level of concern that's there and Absolutely, what kind of results yeah. he's already had from that. previous tests done. Test yeah. so in a nutshell just quickly what 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 is cholesterol's role in the body
1: um, it's actually having a protective effect on, in the body.
0: So it it's, protects us. Yeah,
1: it's there to, um, yeah, it's, it's part of your immune response to because inflammation. Ha-
0: how much, and this is what I find fascinating, um, I, I should have checked it and got the exact number now, but what, there's a percentage, like, what percentage of your mother's breast milk is, is cholesterol?
1: Oh God, now you're testing me.
0: But it, but it's big, right? <laughs> yeah, Isn't yeah. something like longer. 60%.
1: Yeah, yeah. And And I think think breast milk is that much of of fat and cholesterol. So So
0: when we talk about, you know, oh, you know, cholesterol, cholesterol, and people make it sound like cholesterol is bad.
1: Why is it in breast milk? Why the
0: hell is it in breast milk? Why are you starting your life with a surge of cholesterol? As
1: as Mother Nature Nature intended. But also, you only need to look at, there are some populations, you know, they often talk about the Inuits. So Eskimos, you know, if cholesterol is bad, then surely they're doomed. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what they live on. That's... The majority of their um, sort of intake is from fat. So yeah, calorie hundred percent. So and uh, you know, like I said, there's it, 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 we've we've eaten fat for years and years and years. And this is a real shame. I remember watching Mary Berry, <laughs> <laughs> the life story of Mary Berry. Uh, she's the the, the cake that the, the cook. Obviously, the TV cook. Like
0: cake lady. Yeah, the
1: cake lady from uh, Great British Bake Off. And she mentioned how. She said something about in the 70s we realised that fat was bad for us, and I switched from using um, butter and um, goose fat and beef fat and lard in, in my cooking, and I went over to um, you know vegetable oil. Because we realized that that was better for us. And, and do you know what? I could not believe I actually went on her Facebook <laughs> page and wrote and pasted a massive article about fats and saturated fats versus <laughs> vegetable oils. And there was no reply. She replied is she. But I just thought, and I always look at Jamie Oliver recipes and the same, they're full of vegetable oil. And it's a real shame that that message got carried into um, into yeah. cookery. And, and Such a shame. Anyway, hopefully there'll be a reverse situation coming through soon and you'll see them going right back to recommending the butter and the lard and yeah. the ghee and whatever else that used to be used.
0: But we're... Just before we move on...
1: <laughs> we should probably move on. Yeah.
0: And... <laughs> um, <laughs> Ideally, what you want to focus on is just reducing inflammation generally in the Absolutely. body.
1: Absolutely. So if you're going to eat, you know, lots, Which lots of... Which will benefit
0: you in so many ways anyway. Yeah,
1: omega-3s, so lots of oily fish, lots of vegetables, yeah. uh, low amounts of fruit, just favouring the, the high antioxidant berries. Like Seasonal berries, berries yeah. yeah. Um, and keeping, you know, refined foods out of your nutrition as much as possible. Boom. There we go.
0: I hope they help, Roman. And uh, <laughs> we shall move on. Uh, question number two, this is a bit of a a, a training-ish question. Um, and actually quite a few people have asked this, so I figured I might as well answer it. Um, people want to know what our view is on CrossFit. Um, for those of you who don't know, CrossFit is pretty damn huge now, isn't it? It's a yeah. pretty popular type of training or a sport, whichever you want to call it. I it
1: and trademarked it <laughs> and um, franchised
0: it and then became incredibly wealthy that be incredibly
1: wealthy uh, but yeah
0: so crossfit is um training sessions based on multiple disciplines such as olympic lifting uh gymnastics compound lifting such as deadlifts bench pressing lots of uh gymnastic ring work body balancing i mean the, the kettlebells a little bit the, the list goes on i mean the idea is it's just uh I suppose as many dis- different disciplines as you could imagine kind yeah. of kind of rolled into one. And uh, it's kind of surged in popularity over the years. Uh, we, we know some CrossFitters that are incredibly fit people, yeah. incredibly strong as well. Uh, yet we also know some CrossFitters that are just riddled with injury and just always in pain. Um, and the thing <laughs> is, I mean, you've got some people out there that are obviously avid CrossFit followers you've got some people out there that are completely dead against crossfit and just don't agree with the nature of it at all and but the thing is i mean where well this is me talking personally now i kind of fall in the middle but then again i kind of fall in the middle with everything because you could easily go crazy on any kind of training discipline and you know you could be following a poor nutrition plan you might not be recovering properly to where you're you're more kind of prone to injury but the only issue i have with 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 crossfit is sometimes a lot of crossfitters that i meet uh what we call like intensity junkies you know like the 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 session is is so much so based on intensity and it's more is always better that it is only a matter of time before for the injuries kick in um I mean, <clears throat> I won't mention any names, of course, but like I said, I mean, I've got friends of mine that, you know, have just hurt themselves so badly following CrossFit, and these are people that aren't in in our industry. You know, they're not PTs or coaches, nutritionists, or anything like that. They they, they went along because they heard about it. They loved it, which is amazing. Um, but then next thing you know, you know, they've got really bad back pain, hip pain, joint pains, etc. And um, you know, I personally think it's just because of that kind of addiction to the the intensity of the of the wads which is the workout of the day um so in a nutshell i would say my opinion on crossfit is that it's it, it's a really good bloody sport or it's a really good activity to do it's you know it's it's, it's done in groups most of the times and we love the group dynamics uh, we love the teamwork effect the workouts are very creative and varied you know like we said uh, all the different disciplines that the body uses and um it's often done, you know, like uh, in, in, in quite a low duration. Like A lot of the workouts aren't crazy long. So if, for those people that say they haven't got much time to train, you know, some of the wads are only 15, 20, 30 minutes, which is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it's always just nice to bring people, like-minded people together. However, um, the downsides to CrossFit, but then I'd say the downsides to a lot of the types of training would be that sometimes it can be rather clicky. Um, it can create um, a a slightly negative atmosphere for you to train in due to the competitive nature of it to where people may push through an injury or they may let their technique suffer big time in order to crank out an extra one or two repetitions that's where it kind of like falls down for me but then equally you know if the instruction is good and the individual that's uh, participating you know is got big enough balls to actually say, actually, I'm not going to do another rep because this doesn't feel too good, then, then they're all good. I mean, it's obviously each to their own, isn't it?
1: Do you know, it's, you actually took the words out of my mouth because I thought the one thing I would say is it's all exercise is each to their own. And what frustrates me massively with this, the industry is the fitness industry is always shouting about the fact that you have to do this and you should do this and you have to do this. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. What's really important is you find something that you love doing. So don't do CrossFit because all of your mates say, it's amazing, it's the only thing you should be doing, and this is how I got ripped, and it's the yeah. only way to train. It's not. There are yeah. millions of ways of to stay fit, healthy, and active. And so do it if you like doing it. Do it if you get excited about going there. And But as you've just said, still, even though you're doing group training, put yourself first and think, you know, is my Should I really right? be doing yeah. this today? Am I, have I got the energy for this? Uh, what I would say is I like the fact that the coaches in, in, in most CrossFit boxes are really passionate about what they do and they yeah. will make sure your technique is spot on. You know, you have to do, I think some of them do like six week beginners courses where you learn the lifts and the technique of everything. So that's brilliant because, you know, you don't want people going into some of these intense workouts with no idea. And in the heat of the moment, that's not the time to learn. You know, yeah. you just... Uh, we want to get to the end of the workout so you're not really bothered about whether your hand should be here there or, you know, what the position in your back is. So but I would say that, um, I, you know, and I, I know a lot of coaches and the, the hours they put into their own learning is really um, admirable and they oh, want God, to yeah. transfer that on um, to their members. So that is the good thing about it, isn't it? And the oh, courses God, yeah. are, are quite high level and intense. We only did a couple of prep courses for CrossFit, didn't yeah. we? But we got... Well, of
0: it. yeah we've got a good understanding i yeah. mean but i mean it's the same with everything though it's you know someone who's looking for a personal trainer you know if your personal trainer's crap and is educating you poor technique then yeah, yeah. you've got problems and, and the same goes with crossfit or any other type of training but you just met you just reminded me actually because another thing for me is because now obviously there's the, the crossfit games yeah. which is huge but what i find really really hard to get my head around is things like uh the clean and jerk or cleans or snatches, which are incredibly technical Olympic lifts that in CrossFit, I, can't, I suppose a, a criticism you hear a lot is that, you know, like a, a clean, which is traditionally done for one rep is done for multiple reps, sometimes 20 or 30 reps or something yeah. like that, um, which is whatever. But for me, I just think that if if you are going to make something a competition, then there needs to be an element of like ruling etc you know for example at the olympic games it's not just a case of getting the bar from the floor to over your head any which way you like
1: yeah
0: you know there's certain like rules that you have to abide by you know in Mm. order for the lift to count so when you see someone doing a a higher rep clean and their last 10 reps look absolutely nothing like their first 10 or whatever
1: yeah you'd say no count you'd say no count
0: (laughs) whereas in crossfit i mean i don't know they may have changed it recently um, that that's not the case, yeah. you know. They 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 kind of let certain things go, just to, and 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 the rep will count yeah. so long as the bar gets locked out overhead on on the snatch or the jerk whatever. But it's quite funny because um, I watched a head to head between two of the kind of quite big Crossfitters. It was Rich Froning Jr. and some other guy. I can't remember his name, but I know he was uh, quite up there. It was a snatch chat, some kind of snatch wad where you done. I think you done twenty or thirty reps. And then you, you progress to the next weight and then you just kept going until you quite simply couldn't go anymore. And to be fair, I mean, Rich Ronan is what? He's like won the CrossFit Games three years on the trot. Like he's like insane. And he, 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 <laughs> you see my
1: blank look yeah. there? This is like... Well, no, but
0: he, he, so he's won CrossFit Games three times on the trot. Yeah. But he, and he looks insane. Like, you know, his build, the muscles, how lean he is. You know, he looks like he's got an awesome physique. But one thing that he does do is his technique is amazing. And when he went head-to-head with this guy, even when he was nearing the end, his technique was still looking pretty solid, whereas the other guys was awful towards the end. And never in a million years would I have said that that wreck would count. There are times when it looked like his shoulder was going to pop. And you just think, how can you allow that to happen as a judge or a coach or or whatever, you know, the individual, you probably could forgive them because adrenaline's pumping, and you've got the CrossFit Games champion opposite you, and you want to kind of get out as many reps as you can, but then that's when it falls down for me, because, you see, know... See,
1: I could, I'm just thinking I could never go to the CrossFit Games because i just sit there worrying about them all, no, <laughs> worrying oh, about okay, <laughs> <careful>. their adrenals, <laughs> digestion injuries, <laughs> and it would just, it'd be really stressful for me to sit and watch the course, CrossFit go Games. Of i <laughs> yeah. about it yeah. One thing I was just going to say about women and CrossFit, because I get asked about it a lot, you know, oh, should I start CrossFit classes and things like that? I mean, there's, I think there's huge benefits to it in that often the men will train topless, so that's quite nice for a lot of women. Oh, really? <laughs> It'll be quite interesting. But although I like, I, I like you, I think group dynamics is amazing um, when it comes to training. Yeah. I actually think mixed is really good as well. I think that men and women mixed have a really positive influence on each other, from what I've seen, I've taught classes that are mainly women, and, um, you know, I I didn't, I found the atmosphere a little bit, um, and by this I don't mean as in, um, because I've been to workshops, I've got to give her a shout out, I've been to Susie's Wonder Woman workshops, So if you uh, have a look on Facebook, guys, at Wonder Woman Workshops, we're going to get Susie on here, aren't we, as well? Yeah, she's awesome. She does some amazing stuff with women, like team building, and again, like with kettlebells and body weight, and we do some awesome stuff in her workshops, like rugby training and stuff for women. But but I've actually taught sort of things like body pump and um, legs, bums, and tums to whole classes of women, and the atmosphere can be a bit strange, like (laughs) (laughs) like a bit competitive, not very friendly, and... Um, yeah, so I think actually mixed training works really well. For yeah, them. I agree. Um, but one thing I would say is if women take the intensity of their training too far, it really messes with their hormones. And often um, people chat with me when I go to gyms and stuff about, oh, what can I do for this? And my hormones aren't right. And I'm very, very hormonal is the way they describe themselves. Yeah. And tired and exhausted. And then I look at what they're doing and it's like, you know, sort of five, six CrossFit sessions a week and, you know, I'm sort of like, "Mm, we probably need to strip this back a bit and, you know, and it's hard because they love it and they they just want to be with, you know, their team and and crank out workouts every day. But, yeah, so I would just say with women, it sort of can work against health goals sometimes and it's about reassessing, yeah, um, you know, whether it is working
0: for you. That's the biggest thing though, isn't it? I mean, and this goes for any type of training is that, we think CrossFit's great if you enjoy it, you love it, you know, you, you you know, you look forward to it as Keris mentioned. But the biggest thing is you just need to ensure that you're you're recovering plenty in between your workouts, that you feel good, that your health isn't suffering. You know, if you're missing out on sleep or precious recovery time because you just want to get another wad in or whatever it may be, then it's a matter of time before the negatives will start to, to kick in. But like I said, it goes for any type of training. You know, if you if you are pushing your boundaries too often and not allowing enough from a nutritional lifestyle sleep perspective, you're gonna run into problems, aren't you?
1: Yeah, and I actually think with something like CrossFit, because of the the intensity of it, you need to be even hotter on your nutrition than just oh, of course. standard, you know, gym stuff. You know, I just go to the gym two, three times a week. If you're gonna embark on that, you need to totally um, you know, nail your pre-post workout, maybe even intra-workout nutrition, Yeah. and and never let that, and, and like you just said, and, and sleep and nutrition, no shortcuts, you can't afford the shortcuts if you want to, because essentially what you're doing is, as well, causing a huge amount of inflammation in, in that, you know, yeah. and if you are doing five, six sessions, and I know a lot of them like doing two a day as well, then you've really got to look after your, you know, recovery, and that has to be... In fact, you haven't, got, you haven't got much time to recover if you're <laughs> going to be doing it twice a day.
0: Would well, you I remember did. when we'd done, we done a seminar, didn't we, at a CrossFit gym? And a lot of people that were doing the morning WODs who were training fasted, you know, they'd just have a coffee because yeah. obviously it's so early. Yeah. Then they'd go and do a WOD and go and kick their ass. But and then, then, but then they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't even have any kind of post-workout nutrition for two to sometimes three hours. Yeah. after that word, right. and you think oh my god that's that's insane yeah. like your body's probably just screaming out for nutrients especially you know it's one thing going for a fasted walk and yeah. then maybe leaving yeah. it for a couple of hours but to i mean for anybody that hasn't seen crossfit sessions they're in intense yeah. they're yeah. demanding
1: well you actually they were doing one as we walked in weren't yeah. they? and i was looking at it thinking and it was like seven o'clock on a friday night i thought gosh I can't really I just could never see myself doing that now do you know what I mean seven o'clock on a Friday night but they loved it you know they were yeah. into it big time but yeah that's what I would say just making sure that that is actually one thing I do quite like as well is um there's some sessions aren't they I think again you can tell I don't do CrossFit the way I'm talking but that are like skill-based and yeah. gymnastics-based and about learning so yeah.
0: you know it's not just
1: when people ask me about going back I often say well if it was to go back and do like a Flexibility or skill or mobility based session where you were just learning, absolutely that's fine. You know, that's, that's just you moving and, you know, not creating huge amounts of adrenaline and cortisol yeah. and you know. Then, then by all means, go and practice your handstands.
0: Well, I was, I was that's probably
1: about the only thing I would turn up for
0: <laughs> <while> handstand <laughs> it's The handstands. Well, I always said as well as their wads, you know, their workout of the day they should, uh, they should monitor their their sleep and have a sod <laughs> sleep, of the, <laughs> sleep day. of the day.
1: Didn't they now have like. Cardio of the day, or something, as well. I don't, I don't like know. Cods. I don't, Cods. I don't know. Wrong. <laughs> anyway,
0: so but yeah, I'd say in a nutshell, just um if you love it, great. If you're progressing, fantastic. I mean, that's a big thing to focus on. We always say, people, to focus on your numbers. If you're getting fitter, you're getting stronger, and your numbers are going up and you feel good, then there's a good chance it's, it's, it's working for you the way you're doing it. I mean, a lot of people will criticize CrossFit and say, you know, they're never going to get. You know, you're never going to get super strong. You know, you're know, you never going to get super good at any one thing. You're kind of going to be a bit of a jack of all, master of none. There's but, nothing
1: wrong with that.
0: No, but to be fair, <laughs> when, when you look at some of the numbers on what some of these CrossFitters are hitting on, on things like deadlifts, uh, clean and jerks yeah. and snatches, they're, they're, high. They're, they're high. You know, don't get me wrong, they're never going to be as high as someone who is purely an Olympic lifter. Yeah. But you know they're, they're pretty impressive
1: but I've always been a jack of all and I like it that way There's nothing, yeah, I don't one. excel at anything but I can row I can run I can swing a bell I can deadlift do you know what I mean I, I like having loads of skills yeah 100% and I, I totally get it that's the best thing about training for me is learning new skills and, and then I'll get bored and bobby off and do something else
0: yeah <laughs> well no well, you it's better, better if you enjoy it yeah then it, you're on to a winner right need
1: something else yeah
0: so that's our hope that uh, covers that so back to a nutrition question What's the
1: next one then? Well,
0: I don't know because you moved the list away from me. Oh,
1: we had detox.
0: Oh, there you go. Detox. Okay, so this one is on uh, detoxing, uh, which kind of works really because it will soon be January and everyone's all about a January detox, New Year's resolutions and and all of that jazz. Uh, This is from Carl Porter and he simply wants to know what are the pros and cons of a detox and how to plan uh, and individualise one.
1: Wow. Um, well, the first thing I say about detoxing is um, really you should be aiming to detox every single day for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just sit back and think about it, um, the air that you breathe is um, you know, just full of pollution, chemicals, all sorts of stuff. Um, the water that you drink, they now estimate about 500 chemicals are in tap water nice uh, yeah all of our foods are often sprayed with different chemicals and obviously you know wrapped in you know, come in tins full of chemicals and plastics and things like that so really your body or um, well, your liver is having to detoxify thousands and thousands of chemicals on a daily basis yeah so a detox isn't something you should say
0: you don't say oh this week yeah. I'm consciously going to detox
1: yeah um you know I'm just going to do it for this week maybe once a year twice a year I'm just going to Drinking caffeine, drinking alcohol and smoking, whatever. It should be something you do all the time. And when you see the detoxes that are are out there, it's so funny that most of them are these just ridiculous products that get, you know, this fad detox that gets sold by health companies. Um, The one that makes me laugh is the the maple syrup and I think cayenne pepper or something. that I think Beyonce did this. And so it's huge. And you always see it in them. In January, you can walk into any health food store and there'll be a massive display of it as you walk in. Um, trying to sell you this detox because, you know, they know that's what people are are looking for. But if you ever, I mean, all you need to do is Google liver detoxification and click on Google images. And a picture of the liver will come up with every single nutrient that is needed for the three phases of detoxification. Normally just the two are listed, but your liver has three phases of, of detoxing a toxin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, and it'll list all of the things that you need and you'll be so surprised because you need so the first phase is basically going to take this nasty chemical mm-hmm. and it's going to run a few um, chemical reactions to prepare it so one thing to mention is toxins are basically fat soluble in the body they love they love fat, they often sit in your fat stores that's basically what cellulite is yeah. it's toxins um, stored in fat so the body first of all has to make them water soluble and you don't need to understand this but Basically, that means you can pee it out, you can get rid of it, you can excrete it. So um, the, different state, the different chemical reactions that take place in the liver, um, the first phase will um, involve things like your B vitamins, really, really important, uh, vitamin C, vitamin E, um, something called glutathione, which I'm actually forcing down you every morning at the moment, aren't I? Matt's <laughs> taking liposomal glutathione, which is a, a detoxifier
0: tastes amazing <laughs> it's <is> very <laughs>
1: disgusting um and that's involved in phase phase um one and two um so yeah and then you've got all these antioxidants which need to basically sort of mop up the free radicals that are created as the the toxins are being transformed and so that's really important and then in phase two we need protein that's the main thing that you need in that phase and and something called phytochemicals which are protective chemicals um like that you get from things like garlic and um, cruciferous vegetables like broccoli. That's why they say you have garlic and broccoli. So anyway, if you look at this Google image that you can all have a look at and see what's involved, you'll understand that basically a week on maple syrup, a week on on juicing and and things like that is just not going to cut it because you're going to be missing those key um, proteins that we need, which are going to basically think of them as like wrapping around the toxin and taking them out of the body. That's what
0: they do. Do you think with these kind of like marketed detoxes, so to speak, that you know it's following like I don't know a liquid diet or whatever for a week?
1: Yeah,
0: um, it's normally the removal of other things such as the processed foods, the caffeine, the alcohol that by the end of the week people would probably feel pretty good for. Yeah, yet they'll completely say, Oh, it's these shakes, or you know, this this shake that I've been having like three times a day, yeah, is what's done this to me. They, they forget the fact that they've cut out all these stimulants and yeah. inflammatory foods, etc.
1: In the meantime, definitely. I think, um, because one thing, that you, obviously a detox needs to remove the burden of toxins in the first place, uh-huh. so you need to um, look at everything that you're eating that week, or that week, <laughs> forever really, yeah. um, and make sure that it is minimal uh, minimal exposure to, to <coughs> chemicals, so organic obviously, especially the dirty dozen, which we mentioned earlier, and that's also in our book. Um Clean water, so filter. Um, we actually have an EVA water filter, but you could just sprit a filter as a minimum. Um, reverse osmosis and distillation is the is the gold standard. Um, so you could look into that so you're getting clean water. And like I said this is for life, so you know, getting a tap filter is a good idea. Um, looking at what you put on your skin, because toxins are absorbed through the skin, they're fat soluble. So um, and about I think it's about 60% of what you put on your skin is absorbed. So just look on the back of your moisturizer. Uh, Which sits on your skin all day, or your foundation, maybe the list of chemicals. So, all these women that go on these detoxers and then ply their face with makeup and moisturiser and fake tan is one of the worst, actually. Um, I used to wear that stuff for years. (laughs) I was quite um, legendary for like spraying myself in the changing rooms, having my mitt, having like one for my face, one for my legs, like just the fake tan expert. Um, I should have, <laughs> I could sell that stuff to anyone as well because I was like, this stuff's amazing, buy this. And um, actually, if you look at the ingredients, it's packed with something called parabens, which are um, you know, pretty nasty chemicals that, again, uh, also affect hormones quite a bit as well. So yeah. it can increase levels of estrogen, which you don't really want. So, yeah, looking at what you put on your skin and going for, there's loads of natural products out there now. You will see, um, we've talked about that before on podcasts, but look for natural like Jason Bulldog Um, green people, um, especially everything that stays on your skin. And then to support the liver, um, you want to look at the foods that are rich in what we've just mentioned, so vitamin E, vitamin C, antioxidants, B vitamins, and then the proteins. Um, Especially the three proteins that you want for liver detoxing are are glutamine, glycine, and N-acetylcysteine. Because those three together, they're like the magic trio, will make up glutathione, which is the master detoxifier. Right. and it's actually more effective to, to ha- take those three proteins than to supplement with glutathione but I'm making you do it anyway
0: <laughs> so what what are what are common signs that someone is quite toxic
1: do you, um god there's loads um things like bad breath is a good one uh, dark circles under your eyes headaches mm-hmm. fatigue brain fog where well, you can't think straight um what else? Skin problems. Um, that's a big one. Especially, you know, sort of, you know, acne and things like that, spots around the face. Um, cellulite, as you mentioned. Cellulite, yep, excessive.
0: Well, what I'm about body be- composition?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So
0: you, you mentioned earlier, obviously, it being stored in the...
1: Yeah, so toxins love fat.
0: So, way, so naturally, the, 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 the more body fat you're carrying, the... The
1: more toxins you're going to have. The more
0: toxins you're going
1: to have. And sometimes that's protecting you a little bit. Um. I, we did a it wasn't a detox. Me and you actually did an elimination diet, didn't we, a couple yeah. of years ago? And I actually lost quite a lot of weight. Um, I weighed the least I've weighed for God since I left school, I think. Um, I dropped the weight really quickly. It was quite a restrictive diet, so anything that I yeah. loved. Don't
0: doing it again in a hurry.
1: <laughs> so I had to do a whole week on just fish and spinach, because um, they were the foods that I came out best on on my um, intolerance testing. Anyway, and I basically came down with the worst flu I've <laughs> ever had. I actually thought I was going to not make it through the night. And I remember just like, I was delirious. I was like hallucinating and everything. I had a temperature and I was shaking when I went to bed. And then in the middle of the night I woke up and I was sweating and I couldn't, I knew I needed to get out of bed and I couldn't physically move and I couldn't wait you. And I just, I didn't know, I like hallucinating and crying and everything. And for the next 48 hours, I couldn't eat or move or do anything. And I remember your mum kept coming in and going, do you want some toast?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I so wanted toast. So funny,
0: because when you are younger, if you was ever a bit ill...
1: That's all you wanted. Toast was
0: always the go-to, yeah, wouldn't it?
1: She was going, just have tea and toast. Go on, just
0: have it. It's all you're right. It'll see you're, right. you're right. And, I, you're and right.
1: I was like, I can't do this elimination test <laughs> and have toast. But I got so ill, and I think part of that was years and years of toxins being released into my system you know, over such a short period of time and I had to do high doses of glycine and glutamine and vitamin C and stuff. And, but anyway, so that is, uh, going back to the talking about what would you do? So, um, Basically I mean we're doing a, um, we're doing a fat loss 28 day fat loss plan in January and part of that is going to have a big emphasis on detoxification but the foods that can help you detoxify yeah. and um, a couple of nutritional supplements that uh, I think are great for detoxification
0: I'm also educating people on absolutely de- obviously the importance of detoxification Cow- the atra- <laughs> detoxification, <laughs> um, you know, and how, like you say, like to kind of get your 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 natural kind of detoxifying system working smoothly yeah. every single day, every single rather day. than just a designated time <sources> slot.
1: And th- and you can yeah, and the importance of a physical detox. So you know, things a lot of people go on a detox and train. Um, you know, I, and I had a friend recently said, "Oh, I'm doing this detox and I've been running every day." Well, you're creating
0: toxins, toxins.
1: <laughs> when you exercise especially something like running you know any sort of cardiovascular um like long endurance training is going to start to create you know lactic acid for example and and that's why you do a cool down to get rid of those toxins yeah. so i was just sort of saying to her that <laughs> what's the point in that yeah. one your body is tired and exhausted when it's detoxing you know severely it needs rest and recovery it wants uh-huh. you to lie around and <laughs> not do a lot whilst it works really hard and um And it doesn't need more waste products being added to the equation, which is what you're doing by going on your daily run during your detox. Whereas there are some things, you know, like yoga, for example, which would get the lymphatic system moving. And that will help get rid of toxins in the body, but not create too much waste products. So, again, on the the January uh, detox that we do with everyone, we're going to talk them through all the different aspects of a detox and, um, you know, how to tailor it to whatever they want to do and obviously it's a given that they're going to be made to drop out nutritional toxins
0: which is such
1: as (sighs) well caffeine's got me up there coffee no we should try and do it we've been really bad with
0: caffeine
1: I'll do caffeine and actually guys I've challenged Matt the other day to giving up chocolate because as we've been doing our Christmas recipe book and I was doing a lot of the desserts and after dinner chocolates and things had this big jar in the fridge and I'm quite good in that I make it and I think don't really touch it, you know. Most days of the week, I just have an odd, odd one here and there. But I noticed that this big jar of chocolates was just going down every single day, bit by You've bit, been by bit. have
0: grafting and sweating over on stove, <laughs> getting these recipes ready.
1: And I was like, "We got a mouse. And your <laughs> <hit>. <laughs> we got a mouse who keeps nibbling away at these chocolates." And uh, so I said to you, didn't I? I think you should give up. You should stop eating chocolate. And you were like, "Yeah, fine, I'll do it."
0: Well, the thing is, I but said still I, I still
1: eat chocolate every day. I
0: said I would do it, and in fact, just before this podcast, I was like, I'm going to do no sugar or chocolate right up until Christmas Day. And then I remembered it's the 1st of December, and we need to start our advent calendar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so you're, Which, you're in ad- my
0: defence, is a small amount of chocolate, and it's 70%, and it is Christmas.
1: Yeah, so in you the already, grand scheme of things, already, it could be worse. This is what you do, though. You announce this grand plan. The number of times you've done this on Facebook... And then within a I week. I stick to
0: my guns. When I done that 28 day thing on Facebook, I stuck to it 100%.
1: You're normally within a week, you can find the reason that you need to derail.
0: Find the reason? Yeah. Sound you
1: do. <laughs> you do. So, anyway, in January, I am going to do no caffeine, and you are going to definitely do no One chocolate. One coffee a day. No chocolate, though. <laughs>
0: I'll do it. No it. We'll do it with the truth. I'll be a soldier. I'll do it with the, with the troops that run our 28-day plan. we we'll are all do it. We're in it together.
1: Okay, make sure... But Whenever you do go off coffee, you always have to book at least two days off, though, so make sure you do it's that. It's very
0: true. It hits me hard. It does. Doesn't it?
1: Bedridden. I best
0: download a few TV box sets. <laughs> <laughs> Keep me going. So, But but also, with uh, detoxifying, or should I say being toxic, and uh, I've, I've used this example before, I've always said that if you're someone who feels that you need a lot of sleep... And even after a long night's sleep, you still feel really tired, like you haven't had enough. Um, a big time that your body does detoxify is when you're sleeping, right? Yeah, I know. You know, it's, a, well, it's one of the most detoxifying things you can do is getting a good quality night's sleep amongst other benefits. But, um, you know, if you are quite toxic, and we often see this with people that are quite overweight or doing quite a high processed, high inflammatory diet, that, that they just, they just want to sleep all the time. And even when they have a solid eight, nine hours, it's still not enough. Um, whereas we actually don't need anywhere near as much sleep as we used to, even though we're still very active and whatnot, but we're just much less toxic than we, than we once were when we were eating like more processed foods, et cetera. And, you know, can sometimes get away with like six hours sleep depending on our workload and stuff. Um, so that's something you may see change when you start detoxifying effectively that you you just need less sleep because there's less work for your body to do when you when you're sleeping, which is always a good thing. Then it can focus on other things like growth hormone secretion and, and things like that. So
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I actually um, spoke to somebody who's big big fan of fasting, and I don't mean intermittent fasting and the stuff that we fart around with. I mean proper week long fasts, and he does them all the time. He's a big fan of it. He's a big fan of Gerson th- therapy, which is um, a doctor who treats cancer with fasting um, and basically believes that and I think there is something to be said for this that when you're just putting nothing in the body you know for for a long time, obviously then it can sort of deal with what's going on and you know I still think it you know fasting needs to be supported in most people. Um, I suppose one thing to mention is what can happen is you can get a bit of a, a, a bit of a a train wreck as it were between phase one and phase two. So if phase one is all right, um, that phase can basically create more toxins. And then your phase two, which mops them up and takes them out of the body, is if that's not optimal, you get this, actually, you'll feel worse. So you get this yeah. massive buildup of toxins going around the body instead. Um, and so he believes that fasting is a way to reset and reboot. Um, and he said when he gets to the end of his seven-day fast, he'll sleep for about four hours a night. Wow. And he'll run. Actually, he does run on his fast.
0: To be fair, He though, runs do- on the
1: last day of his fast. Can you believe that? Crazy man. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Just to clarify though, we, we won't be kicking off the first week of the 28-day plan with a, a week-long fast. Oh,
1: that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be so much easier You'd though. save a fortune. Yeah.
0: Just think of the financial benefits. I'm only joking. Do, do you think people
1: would feel a bit cheated if they got sent a meal plan and it just said nothing? Just nothing, not, nothing.
0: Not, not N.A. Not applicable.
1: They <laughs> do. Not applicable on well, day three.
0: There, there will be food, guys. Lots of good food, so don't worry about that. So, I, think, yeah. I think that answers the question.
1: Yeah. I mean, that answers that Yeah, yeah. Good. So, yeah. yeah. The pros of the detox,
0: <laughs> obviously, you're you're less toxic, um, and it should be a daily occurrence, not just for one week of the year or whatever it may be. The cons of a detox are, well, quite literally, there are a lot of cons out there, yeah. you know, that market something as detoxifying, uh, et cetera, But I can assure you that if you're eating crap most of the time and having this one detoxifying shake, it ain't going to undo the damage and you're wasting your money. So, yeah. Get yourself working around the, uh, the clock to, to be a, a detoxifying beast. <laughs> <laughs> Put, just putting a manly twist on it there, if you like nice. that.
1: And <laughs> so, so, everywhere in January, are going to walk into the gym and say, Detox- not Sup, training, bro? I'm I'm detoxifying. <laughs> um, I'm a detoxifying beast.
0: <laughs> right, I, re- I reckon we should round it off there. Yeah, because so. I am bloody starving.
1: No surprise there. <laughs>
0: Okay, guys, so I hope that's uh, answered a few of your questions. Um, We will answer a few more of those in maybe some more detail, such as the big ones, such as cholesterol and stress. They're huge. We'll probably dedicate a whole whole podcast to those uh, down the line. And, uh, yeah, look out for some great guests that we've got coming on the show, uh, which we'll be posting about soon, and we'll be asking you what kind of questions you may have for those uh, awesome people. So uh, thank you very much, Kerr. Thank you Matt <laughs> And yeah guys uh, Any questions Get in touch via Facebook Or email uh, Email myself or Keris Our contact details are on our website uh, Keep cranking out the recipes from the book If you haven't got the book Buy it uh, If you've already got the book And want more recipes Go on our website Under the recipes section There's loads on there And uh, of course we will be dropping Even more on you soon With our Christmas ebook Which we, we're well excited about so, on that note, it's a ta from me.
1: A goodbye from me.
0: I'm so professional. <laughs> okay, guys, take it easy. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.